This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hi, I would just like to welcome everyone to Radio K Pulpit, and I'm Alana Willifee, and this is my program called Body Matters where everybody in the body of Christ matters. And today I've got a really special guest. It's Franco Gagliano, and he is a worship leader at Powerhouse Ministries, and he's a co-founder of Upper Room Studios. So, um, yeah, Franco, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's so nice to have you. And we're going to be discussing the significance of praise and worship. But before we start with that, I'm sure everybody's keen to hear a little bit more about you. So tell us about you and the ministry that you are involved in. Yeah, as the Afrikaans people would say, geboren en getoe in Cape Town, (laughs) South Africa. Uh, Yeah, I I grew up here. I'm... uh, for the most of my life, I stayed in Goodwood, then Belleville, and then after school for a short stint in Pretoria, but most of my life, Cape, Cape Town. Town. And I'm in love with Cape Town. Yes. So everyone could know. It's the most uh, beautiful city in the world. It is. It's been voted, actually, as the most beautiful city mm. in the world. So, yeah, um, let's start from the beginning. I'm a worship leader, as you've, uh, as Alana has mentioned. Um, yeah, that's 100% my heart. Um, Ever since school, I remember uh, hearing my parents and family members are very musical. And so every braai, every kair, you'll see the whole family go sit in the living room and they'll just make music. I know, that's awesome. (laughs) That's so awesome. And uh, yeah, so I I, I felt a bit envious of all the attention. And so uh, I decided I needed to start playing guitar as well. And um, my mom uh, had this old nylon string guitar and... um, yeah. And how, I, how old were you then <laughs> when you started? Let's say, I think it was maybe standard four. Okay, sure. That's so, quite young. It's, it's standard four. And uh, she taught me one song. They heard that song for months at the end. <laughs> over and over and over. So, so, yeah. so just for interest's sake, what did what other instruments did your family play? Was it just guitar? Uh, you, this is going to sound weird, but I've got this um, one cousin. Her name is mm. Nikki. And she played the tambourine like I've never seen everyone, anyone ever play a tambourine. Well, so uh, she, uh, I've got this yes. one cousin play the tambourine. Then my, um, my grandfather was a drummer. He was a guitarist. He sang. Um, all of my uncles played guitar. Wow. And they were like 10 children and they will harmonize together. So that was a whole, whole <laughs> symphony, symphony yeah. together. I think if they were to go on tour, they would have made money. But. Anyway. Oh, it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, so you're asking on where I was involved in, but mm. that's, the, that's the reason why I'm jumping in with that. So a lot of my identity of who I was growing up was surrounded and smothered by music. <laughs> and shortly after I started playing guitar in Standard 4, I was introduced to worship music. So it's very closely, I'm going to say, intertwined. Close. Okay, related, yeah. Yeah, so basically my whole life, from then till now was worship music. And uh, I remember I was in D.F. Milan High School. Uh, the first uh, day that I walk in there, the Christian Association of the of the school was standing in the, uh, the what do you call it? Foyer. The, the foyer. Let's yes, call it the foyer. The foyer. No, <laughs> the Vierkant, actually. The, uh, and they were making the music. Quad. The, the quad. The quad. There we go. That's it. 
they were making music and I was looking at this stuff. Said, okay, I, I think you I fit in here. I, I, I found my, my people. Sure. And I ended up being in the school sphere. Yes. To play guitar. And yeah, so what happened there is all the way through high school. Oh, no, that's way back. Eh? Yeah. So that's in your, in your blood. In my blood. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so just to quickly unpack. So mm. from high school, I went to Seacrest. A lot of people will know Seacrest. It was a touring arts ministry that traveled the whole South Africa. After that, uh, I came back to Cape Town. That was a two-year stint that I was in South, in, oh, South Africa. <laughs> Not in Cape Town, but all Cape Townians say the real South Africa is in Cape Town anyway. Yes, so no, It's a republic <laughs> of Cape Town. <laughs> um, so yeah, after Seacrest, I came back, became worship leaders in churches. Uh, first uh, in uh, my, I'm going to say the church that I grew up in, Freelist in Gemeente. Came back being a worship leader there. After that, shortly after that, uh, started a ministry called Artisan. And I'll speak a bit about that later. But we toured a lot of churches and stuff like that. And uh, eventually landed at Powerhouse, my church that I've been part of now for the last 12 years. Sure, that's a long time. That is a very long mm. time. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much the makeup of who, what I am. Uh, and then, obviously, Uproom Studios that started yes. six years ago. Tell us a little bit about, um, just just briefly, just two sentences I'll about Uproom. <laughs> so, Uproom Studios is exactly what it is. It's a studio. And, mm. um, yeah, we record talent from all over. Cops of Lachter okay. to... Church uh, bands I literally just delivered uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, Freelist in Gegemeente, okay, the church that I grew yes. up in, their worship ministry recorded at our church. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, at our studio. So that was full circle. So anyone that's kind of talented and they want to, they've got yeah. songs they've written and yes. they want to produce. You know, produce it. I don't know all the the technology <laughs> that goes with producing or recording. Yeah. Okay, now that that is amazing. Um, tell us about about your training um, as a worship leader. So, um, yeah, uh, training is an interesting term. <laughs> Let's rather say life experience. Um, yeah. yeah, so like I said, uh, when I started this ministry, Artisan, after years mm. in um, being part of church worship and um, that touring ministry, I started a ministry that toured between churches. And okay. in that ministry, uh, yeah, we, we, we saw from Catholic churches to AFM churches, we traveled the whole, wow, whole broad spectrum. Broad spectrum, right. There you said it. And so, yeah, um, the trial and error of understanding, standing in front of people, facilitating them to worship uh, in different spheres of our very diverse Christian faith. Yes, yes. How do you do it in front of Catholics? How do you do it in front of a, mm. a Dutch Reformed? And how do you do it in front of, say, for instance, AGS, AFM? Yeah, that must have been quite difficult to distinguish everybody's kind of taste or the yeah. way they do things are, are different. Yeah, so it's exactly what you said there is the word taste. Mm. Um, a worship leader's work, firstly, I would say, is to inspire worship. So if I walk into a room and I want to lead worship in my style, my way, I'm not fulfilling my role as a worship leader. Mm. I need to inspire you to yes. worship. Yeah. And so it's very important to understand mm. in front of who you are standing. So, yeah, I would say my trial and error and life experience of leading in such different vast environments, I think, taught me a lot. Um, yeah, I, 
I had a worship school as part of Artisan. Okay. And in this worship school, we had people from all of South Africa. And um, I remember uh, the, the kids, they were kids when they came in. Um, okay. So was it directed at school? Or where did you get your so the people from? How that worked was uh, with Artisan traveling all over, we obviously had a bit of a influence and um, saying we had a name is a bit going far, but uh, yeah. we we had for, uh, ways of advertising things, okay, right? So you kind of became a had little a bit well-known. Yeah, we okay. had a bit of a network. network. Okay. And through magazines and stuff, we got that information um, out there and we had these people coming in. Okay. And so these kids would come in and uh, I remember the first time, uh, usually the first night, we have the whole worship ministry band along with them in a room. Wow. <laughs> and then there's, there's kids that's used to their normal worship and stuff, and we will jump off and go into prophetic worship the first night. Oh, wow. And then these kids will sit and they will, th- their mouths hang open. And we will sit them in the middle uh, of the room, uh, each one getting a turn, and we will start prophesying. Wow. Th- the impact that had on mm. them, um, to see them literally unpop. Uh, and understanding that there is so much more to worship yeah. than just let's just sing a couple of songs. It's taking them out of the box. Literally getting them out of the box. Oh, and literally amazing. see how they transform from week one until mm. the end of the year with that type of approach. Yeah. So now how long was the, the school? Was it a year or so how the, did it work? The school was a year-to-year program. So you were to come and stay in this house for a whole year. Okay. And... Um, uh, I only did it for two years. Okay. I wanted to do it forever and ever, but sure. the means weren't there to continue. Mm-hmm. So the idea was that it was a two-year course and maybe had a third-year practical. Um, and we worked with uh, uh, organizations like SATS, so people that's known with universities in South Africa would know who SATS are. Um, they helped us with the um, how can I say, kind of Contents. Like content and the actual certificate that okay. they were doing. Okay, so it was almost like accredited. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was accredited in the course that they did. Yes, and they Sats gave us life experience. What they call it as um, the accredited life experience to a third of the credits they would have received by studying. Now they get because they're out in the field in ministry. And so that's how that oh, no, works. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> so yeah, um, but your question actually is how how uh, how we got the skills to do what we did. Um, literally trial and error, leading at different places, mm. doing it. Um, yeah, in front of different uh, walks of life, different church uh, yeah. going people. Um, yeah. So I think it must have been quite a a diverse experience. And like you said, it's not really taking what you have as a worship leader is to equip them in their ministry to bring out their creativity in the way that they, um, you know, had to do it. Yeah. So share a little bit more about the the skills that the Lord has given you to train other worship leaders. So I would say... um, Let's let's use that two years that we did as an example. Okay. Uh, we were to go minister. So it, the school started in the height of artisan touring to different churches. And so uh, what would happen is if we were going to lead worship in Lutzville, 
Yeah, none of you know where Lutzville is. It's like northern Northern Cape, uh, yeah. I think. It's it's it's, it's kind of north, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lutzville, and we would lead worship there, and uh, with Dutch Reformed Church people having to respect mm-hmm. where they're at. Yes. Um, and not try force anything, uh, but allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do, and with them going along with us. To, to do those ministry and to understand that it's not uh, Franco being the rock star. I'm going to sing my songs mm. and you better jump when I say jump, right? Yeah. Um, to understand the respect of what a worship leader is there to fulfill because they saw it modeled, because they saw um, now this uh, Dutch Reformed kids that's not used to anything is now all of a sudden jumping around and worshiping like mm. they've never done before. Why? Because we respected maybe the first 10 minutes, not walking in there, trying to bombard them with something that's not inspiring them to mm. worship, but really meeting them there where they were at and to see the Holy Spirit start doing something. And then a very calm and collected group of people become very uncalm <laughs> and sure. uncollected. Yes. And so the thing about uh, worship um, training for them was they saw it modeled. Mm. They saw it happening right in front of them. Yes. And, and I think that's part of how I do uh, at our church as well. We have a few worship leaders that's in training. Uh, mm. For me to model is the best way for them to learn. So I've got like worship leaders now in training at Powerhouse that uh, literally they lead worship with me. Next week, they lead a song and I back them. Yes. And then next week they lead two sing- songs, and I back them, right? Mm. And so gently, you release them, release them to yeah. go. And so, yeah, that's a heart that I've done for maybe twenty years already to see people develop in that way. Yeah. Now, that is amazing. But I think we're going to take a short break, and then we will continue with this conversation. So we'll be back in five minutes. This is Body Matters with Alana Olifi and my guest is Franca Gagiana and we are discussing the importance of praise and worship. So Franca, let's get back to our question again on um, training and worship leaders. Just tell me, is there a new generation of up-and-coming worship leaders? Yeah, um, it is a sad reality that it's actually something that's declining and it's not something that's expanding. I'm not seeing as many young worship leaders than I did um, 10 years ago, for instance. Sure. Um, yeah, so it's, it's something dear to my heart. Mm. Um, it's sad not to see an upcoming worship generation expanding and becoming bigger and bigger. Our churches is getting mm-hmm. bigger. bigger. Um, we're seeing more mainstream churches. But if you go to the smaller churches, it seems like there's… Um, there's no growth. There's no growth in the sense of a younger generation of worship. No, To say no growth is maybe going too okay, far. I would rather okay. say it's not as expansive as okay. it was. And so, yeah, um, as I was saying earlier, my heart is to to model and be an example to see an upcoming generation because I was fortunate to uh, be part of Freelist back in the day. Yes. Uh, I could hardly really keep a tune, right? <laughs> uh, I could play guitar. Um, I, I love Jesus, mm-hmm. but in the form of am I actively um, ready 
to lead a congregation. I would say the time that they took me under the wing, I wasn't ready. And I think that's the important part. A worship leader that has a heart to see a next generation needs to understand is that you can't wait for someone to be ready. Um, there is, okay. uh, there's so much that they can learn from just standing next to you. Yes. I and, be, was, and being participating. Yes, yes. And l- allowing you to model it for them, standing next to you and see that happen. Yes. Uh, I was fortunate, like I said, um, in Freelist and um, in other ministries that I was part of, people that entrusted something mm. in me that maybe had a lot of work still. Mm. Um, and yeah, that obviously uh, developed me to where I'm at now. Um, I, rem- I remember uh, the first time I, I led worship in the big church. That's what we call them, Freelist, okay. because we had the youth church and, then the and we had church. the big church, right? And uh, we had this 24-hour worship night. And I think they, they felt maybe this is the right spot to let Franco loose. <laughs> and uh, I remember uh, setting up. It's like I had like the, the, mm. the slots that the other people didn't take. Like it's just like... 12 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock oh, at when, night. When everybody's you know? a little bit tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy can't, he can't do too much damage then, right? Wow. And, <laughs> and so I would lead yes. worship. And uh, I remember uh, I, I shared with the group, I shared, uh, I shared uh, about uh, David that was so exuberant in his praise mm. that his clothes went off, right? Oh, I'm wow. saying this in church, right? And uh, I, I challenged them um just, just to be exuberant as well. And I, I remember the Dutch Reforms people eyes going like that. So, so they actually put the wild part <laughs> for last. Yeah. And so, okay. But, but from there I, I developed. Yes. And uh, because someone trusted me, mm. even though I didn't actually deserve that trust yeah. really yet in, in, in a form yes. of skill. And yeah, sorry. And sometimes, to... no, I, I think sometimes you need to throw people in the deep end. Yeah. You know, there's a time and a place where you have to be pushed. Yeah, pamper so, and then push. Yes, right. definitely. <laughs> yeah, and so um, I, I remember uh, in in that church, um, uh, we had a coffee shop. It was called On The Rock. So some of the listeners might know what On The Rock was because it was very well known. Uh, but I'm talking about, Lang, lang geleden. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm talking about what, uh, 95, 96. You're giving your age away. I'm sorry. I'm joking. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I remember yeah. Uh, they, they actually allowed mm. me to lead worship. And every Saturday, I remember, I didn't do the stuff kids in high school did. I, I went to On The Rock on Saturday sure. nights. And I would arrive there early the, the afternoon, set up, lead worship, Spend time with the people, go home. And that was every Saturday of my... And I'm sure that was the place to be on a Saturday. That place live was... Live music. Packed. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine. Hundreds of people. Wow. And so, yeah. Uh, and I remember this one year, uh, the vacation was coming up and um, nothing was happening at school. And I was sitting at home and I just really felt the Lord said, we should lead worship for the whole week, right, at this... On the rock. Okay. And I remember um, we uh, set up the first Saturday, started leading worship, and the Holy Spirit just broke loose. It was something I've never seen happening in a Dutch Reformed church. Sure. People were so touched by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. 
And I remember I was so overwhelmed because I was mm. thinking as, as I was sitting there, Lord, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve what's happening right now. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, okay, okay, pray for the people. right? And I, I literally remember saying to the Lord uh, in, a, in a conversation, no, no, no. Uh, I'm going to say this in Afrikaans. It is the fall for myself. He says, I wow. can't do this, right? And uh, I, I said in the prayer, ask the girl next to me to pray. <laughs> My <laughs> words went cold. The girl stands up to start oh, praying wow. for people. And then the Holy Spirit just moved wow. over that place. And uh, yeah, it was amazing to see. And that was the first time that I started experiencing the flow and the supernatural wow. of the Holy Spirit. And mm. in a Dutch Reformed Church of all places. From there on, um, Sure. Uh, we had this camp called Camp Worship. And uh, Camp Worship was basically exactly what the name says. A camp with a worship. <laughs> and there I saw flow of the Holy Spirit in another way. Um, mm. We literally saw people um, get healed of sickness. Um, a, a lady had a lump in her breast. She came to the camp. This is one of, I don't mm. know how many testimonies. Came with a lump in her breast to the to the worship, um, camp worship. Yes. And she were going to, for a test after the camp, and it was gone. Oh, wow. That is amazing. <laughs> and that so is amazing. there was no one person standing in front uh, doing this or that. It was literally just spending time in the presence. And so if you're asking me where the, does my skill and my heart mm. come from training worship leaders, it is Literally, the experiencing of uh, experience of doing it for so long, yes. and having the opportunity to model it for people, mm. so that I can have a compassion to want to share it. I want to see the next generation stand on a stage and lead worship and see sick healed, yes. and see people that's in depression or seeing whatever pressure over them broken yes. because of simply just experiencing Jesus in that moment. Yeah. And I never realized that of myself. Actually, it, it actually took a while. After the worship school, I did the worship school because I thought maybe back then, this is the next logical step for a worship yes. leader, is train worship leaders. But I had this worship ministry. I traveled and ministered everywhere. Mm. And all of a sudden, I started realizing that I almost have more of a heart to see a next generation um, go into worship, uh, worship leading, almost more than what I wanted to lead worship yes. myself. And I think that's so amazing because sometimes it is praise, praise and worship, which is your mm. calling, but it's like something you, you don't want to see end. Yeah, You want to see it carry on. You want it to, to go to the next level. And I think it's only God's heart. You know, God gives each one of us that, that desire that he puts in your heart. And, yeah. and I think that is amazing because, as you said, there's such a need for, for the next generation to, mm, to take mm. up that calling and not just to, to take up that calling, but I think through your experience and with the supernatural, I know that God eventually takes yes. us to get people into that place of yeah. just intimacy with God, where yeah. God actually comes and does what he needs to do. Yeah. I think... Um, and that's a bit, it's very important to understand worship leading. Um, someone explained it to me very well. I say, the ultimate worship leader gets this right. That is not seen anymore. Sure. If the worship becomes so impactful in that moment that it doesn't matter who's on the stage. <laughs> it doesn't matter yes. who's singing the song. Matter yes. of fact, it doesn't even matter what song is being sung. Mm. If Jesus is seen in the moment, then the worship leader has done what he should have yes. done in the first place. And the that is to become invisible. 
And that's almost to usher in yeah. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that is amazing. And you know, maybe just to add on to yes, the other of point course. of uh, uh, the importance of modeling, um, maybe we'll jump into that point a bit more later, but um, a lot of people don't realize that the way that we see worship leading is actually so much tied into prophecy. And according to the biblical standard of worship leading, prophecy and worship leading is the same thing. Um, if you go look at in, in Chronicles, nice. you'll see how David divided the Levites. And you'll see uh, there was three Levite families that was headed by, um, I hope I pronounce this right, but Asaph, Heman, and Jodathan, Judathan, however you would yeah. pronounce that with my Afrikaans accent. And you will see that they were, they were written in that scriptures. They was written, they were to prophesy on their instruments. Wow, that and, is amazing. And Judathan, the last mention here, he was the seer of the king, which sure. means… He was a prophet. He was a prophet. And each one of them, them were prophets. And so what happened was they were to go back to the king and give test, uh, basically report mm -hmm. of what was the prophetic word that came out of the prophetic worship wow. in the temple. Wow, that and so, is amazing. And so that's why I love it for Bethel, um, uh, Morningstar, all these churches that jumped into the prophetic realm of, of leading worship. I've got mm -hmm. such a heart for that mm -hmm. because I feel it's more closer to what the, Bi the Bible's um, measure is yes. of what worship leading is. And so, yeah, uh, I think looking at the people I model uh, after and look after, uh, look up to, there's the word I'm looking for, Susie Wills Uri. Uh, if you don't know who that is, please go look up who that is, Susie Wills Uri. Um, uh, Stephanie Gretzinger, who's a yes. very Bethel, exceptional, yeah, from Bethel. Yeah, exceptional prophetic worship leader. Wow. Um, Mr. Edwards, all those people. If, and that's and that's the importance of why we started our worship school, the mm. first night with prophetic worship. We blew that people yes. out of the water because that's a realm of worship they never realized. Yeah. And I think I think for me it's so significant because I'm I'm thinking now worship and prophetic. You'd never think it goes hand in hand. You'd say worship no. and declaration, but you don't always link the prophetic with it. So that is awesome. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. So while we're talking about worship and prophetic and all of that, uh, tell us a little bit more about why is worship so significant? Yeah. Why is it important? Sure. In, in biblical um, standard of worship is that um, it is me expressing my love for God, right? And I think it, it really encapsulates um, umfo, uh, yeah. the whole meaning of why you exist. It is to worship, is to show your affection and your love to God. The fellowship yeah. that, that, that was written in, in Genesis, he said that, that he wanted fellowship. Yes. And so I would say the first thing is you are created for it. The second thing is, uh, which I th would say would go hand in hand, is it's actually a um uh, uh, opdrag, uh a yeah, commandment. It's a, yes, it's yeah. a, it's a um, thinking of the right word. Yeah. yeah. Commandment sounds so harsh. It's it's more invitation, it's rather said yes. like that. Um 
And something I really, uh, I read, uh, there's a medical journal that came out. You're familiar with what a medical journal is, right? Yes. It's where, <laughs> it's, let, let's yes, just say, okay, whatever. If, if someone yeah. else don't understand what okay, it is, it's when, it when someone that is uh, skilled and has the accreditation in a specific field okay. will write up something mm-hmm. of medical importance okay. so that the rest of the medical community can read it and learn from it. Okay, right. so it's almost like their, their thesis or their... Yeah. Experience yeah, or, it's, or founding or whatever. Yeah, and it's not. It's it's um, it's. it's I think it's something that comes out um, uh, quite oftenly. Okay. Um, let me just see if I can find this. Um, it was a, a medical journal that was wrote, uh, written about the importance of worship physically to your body. Um, <laughs> this is very interesting. Um. Let me just quickly get this. Uh, I'm just going to summarize it. Yes, no, definitely. There's a, they say that um, it is actually good for your immune system. It boosts your immune system and stave off diseases nearly five times. You, you can stave off sure. infective, infections five times more effectively if you live a life of worshiping because wow. of that expression. People that go to church and worship, it says. Okay, now, this is in a medical journal. <laughs> so I just quickly want to refine worship. Now, worship yeah. could be singing, and is ah, worship okay, also yeah. got praise and worship? Because I know there's a there's a twist there. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a yeah. Okay, let me, let me let me jump on that. Okay. One. Um, so, uh, going to Romans twelve, it says, "What is our active form of worship?" And if that is to offer all of ourselves to God. Okay. Firstly, that is worship. Okay. Your obedience to God is worship, right? It's the actions you do, how you live your life, your everyday walk mm. is worship. When you sacrifice, self-sacrifice. Yeah, self-sacrifice, obedience, yes. basically. But then there's another side of this coin, and that is the expression of worship. And so how I like to explain this is... I have an awesome wife, as we have discussed before this interview started, and right? And she's really beautiful. Oh, she's pretty. Um, so I can tell my wife all day long. Or I can, sorry, I can wash the dishes, which I don't do. Um, I, <laughs> I can pick, pick up my clothes. I can yeah. wash the car. Mm-hmm. I can walk the dog, mow the grass. I can do all the actions that says I love you yes. and never say it. There's a disconnect there, right? So you would say the actions are the obedience. The actions is the obedience. Okay. But there's a point where I tell my wife, buy her a rose, give it to her, and in the romance of showing her my love and affection, that is the expression of worship in my worship towards God. Okay. So I can be obedient. I can not do whatever is wrong, right? I can live Mm. a sinless life but never show my expressive Love towards God. And I, I think the two are intertwined. Yes. For instance, I cannot say, Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you, and I cheat my neighbor. I steal the, the uh, milk yeah. uh, when the milk cart goes by <laughs> or yeah, whatever. Because that's that scripture that says, if you love me, you will obey me. Yes, yes, yes. But also the other side is true, mm. is that I cannot be um, – Obedient, 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 and never give you my affection because that's slavery. That's, yes. um, and I don't think that's God's heart. I think mm. God's heart is to be connected to my heart. And to be connected to my heart requires two things. 
that if I love my wife, I'm using that example again, I would do what makes her happy. But then I will also give her the affection to show her how I feel about her. And so that's how I see the difference between living a life of worship and expressing worship. Okay. So how do we tie that into the previous point? <laughs> oh, I was saying about uh, the medical journal, right? Yes, sorry. Uh, I, I threw no, you off track. I just wanted to distinguish between Was worship, it adequate? <laughs> yes, perfect, perfect. So, yeah, I'm talking about the expression of worship. Yes, so the significance. And significance yes. and stuff. So speaking about that, they, there's, like I said, this medical journal that says that in that that you are expressive in your worship towards God. This medical journal says that it is it makes your ability uh, in your immune system to, I'm going to say stave off, that's the more um, uh, nice English word, uh, affections five times more effectively. Um, and that's medical journal goes oh, on and is, on and on. But uh, awesome. it was just interesting to me. Uh, it's something I've I've read and thought, yo, maybe that would make a good point here in this conversation. No, um, I, I think that's amazing because I mean, in the time that we're living at the moment, I mean, that is to praise and worship, to be thankful. I mean, where we are at with yeah. with everything going around. Yeah. So I think. Um, Another thing worship does um, is it takes your focus off what is unimportant. Mm. And so if you live a life that's, there's a lot of pressure and stuff and you, you are checking into um, keeping your focus on this is not happening in my work life. Mm. This is not happening in uh, whatever other spheres you're involved in. And that is the focus that you are looking at the rest mm. of your life. Mm. Um it's going to be very somber, right? Yes. Um, so worship has the ability to change your perspective. How you look at things now through this um, perception that you look at it. But when you start doing worship, it changes the perspective, the way you look at things. Mm. Now you're not looking at it, this perspective of I'm in suffering, but you're looking at it through heaven's perspective. Yes. The way heaven interprets things. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, I have mentioned about worship being prophetic. Um, and so if I say about the reality of heaven, uh, when I, for instance, I've, I've experienced tough decisions in my life, mm. for instance, and uh, I, I'm so locked into the mindset of trying to figure out how to get myself out of the situation, for yes. instance, I'm in. When I go and I just spend time in worship, it totally disconnects me from that thing that's mm. literally pushing me down. And, and it's, it literally happened in this week where I will just receive the answer I need to know how to move out sure. of where I'm stuck in. Yes. So it literally takes you out of that pressured <laughs> way yes. of thinking. And I think that's yeah. Isaiah 61 when it says the yeah. spirit of heaviness, but on yeah. a garment of praise. praise. Yeah. yeah. So that ties in with that. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah, I think we can talk for hours yes. at end of the importance of worship. But I think the most important point of why we worship mm. is because God is worthy of our worship. We and can have then, 50 explanations, yes. but the in all and be all is that he is ultimately worthy, worthy of, of all our praise. Yes.
Amen. So we are going to take a break right now. And um, yeah, if you want to get your pen and paper ready, I'm going to give um, Franco's details to you. Um, we're going to play one of his songs from his feature album called Hope. Um, so yeah, so listen to it. We're going to be back shortly. Hi, you've just tuned into Body Matters and it's Alana Ulifi with my guest Franco Gagiano. And we are at the end of our program, unfortunately, on the discussion of the significance of praise and worship. Um, you've just listened to one of his singles um, called Hope. And yeah, I just want to ask, um, ask you, Frank, if anybody is interested, any up and coming artists, singers or writers, and they want to get hold of you, um, you know, with your upper room studio, um, have you got any details that you can, can give to our listeners? Yes. Um, upper room studios is on Facebook where most of the world seems to gather. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's literally just, you can go look for the upper room studio. Um, it is, uh, yeah, it's, it, there's a nice uproom studio logo there. There's more okay. than one uproom. So it will, it looks like a D shape, uh, logo. So if they open it up, if they see that, they know they're at the right place okay. and all my details is on there. Okay. So they just can go into the about section and they'll get everything they need from there. And, and can you give us your email address for you can, anyone now? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, my email address is Franku spelled F. R A N C O at David's Key Music dot com. I'll spell you that David's Key. David, like the guy in the Bible. <laughs> uh, so D A V I D S K E Y M U S I C dot com. And also, just just one sentence about your single. Where, if anyone wants to listen to it or buy it, or how, how can they download it? Or yes, can you can you tell us? Yes, um, my music is on all streaming platforms, and that okay. also includes YouTube. Um, uh, yeah, you can go look for Franco Chachihano. Um and yeah, I've got a I've got three singles currently, which would be Burn, Hope, and Overcome. Okay, so we've just listened to her. Yes, that is awesome, Franco. This is this is unfortunately the end of our program. I'd love to chat to you. I know there's so much more that you actually wanted to share, but the time is just so short. But we're going to end off with a prayer. So I'd like you to just just pray for us and pray awesome, for the audience, awesome, whatever awesome. God lays on your heart. Yes, thank you. Let's pray, Holy Father. It is. Yeah, amazing just to be able to come into your presence and know that we are accepted there and know that we are welcomed there. And so, Father, I just pray for every person listening to this to this message and to this radio program, Father, I pray that as they sit there, may they become aware of your presence right now. And, Father, I specifically want to pray for up-and-coming worship leaders, people that has a heart to worship, but they might not feel that they have the means or the way. But, Father, I pray that you will inspire them, send them the right people, Father. I pray that you will put their hand in the hand of someone that can mentor them and walk a road with them, Father. Yeah, and I say thank you, Lord, for every person in, in this whole entire world is called to be a worshiper in your presence, Father. And I want Amen. to pray for bravery, for people to know that when they come into your presence, that you want to hear their heart, 
You want them to sing their heart out in front of you, Father, and that you are accepting every second and every ounce of their affection. And so, Father, I just pray freedom over every person that they know that they are welcome in your presence. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Franca, for coming in and for sharing with us. And and as I said, I know there's so much more you could have um, shared with us. And I pray that God will bless your ministry. And, yeah, that, you know, God's heart for you to, you know, raise up the up-and-coming young worship leaders for the next generation, that God will fulfill that um, plan that he has for your life and that it will flourish. Thank you very much. So, um, yeah, so I would just like to... um, yeah, to, if anybody would like to comment or send us a message or, yeah, just share how you felt during this broadcast, um, would you please go to Radio K Pulpit's webpage site and then press on the WhatsApp button, put Body Matters, um, the word Body Matters, because that's the program, and yeah, just write your comments. We're so looking forward to hearing from you. So thank you so much for joining me on Body Matters. We'll meet again next Saturday, same time, same frequency, with much more conversation from me, Alana Willifew. Have a blessed week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.